Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. So bear with me because I'm beginning tonight with a story. One December morning, a young girl proudly came out of her Sunday school class. Mom, she said. My teacher told me that my Christmas drawing was the best one in the whole class. Look. Her mother did look with some confusion at a Christmas drawing of a long and seemingly full airplane. In the back of the plane was a man and a woman on what she guessed was a donkey. Sweetheart, the mother said, I don't quite understand your Christmas picture. Is this a plane? Mom, said the little girl, it's Mary and Joseph. They're on their flight to Egypt. Oh, said the mother. Then who is that angry-looking person in the front of the plane? Mom, said the little girl. That's Pontius the pilot. (laughs) Oh, said the mother, trying desperately in her heart to figure out the rest of the picture, to no avail. Honey, she finally said, Then who is this very large man in the middle of the plane? Mom, said the little girl, now fully exasperated. You need to learn more about Christmas. That's round John Virgin. (laughs) Hmm. Learning more about Christmas. Isn't that why we're all here this evening? At least I hope that's why we're here. And I'm betting so, because all of you look so lovely this evening. And here we are gathered together on Christmas Eve. Now, I know that we all love a tradition, but this night is more than tradition. This night is, and you have to excuse the overused word because it actually applies here, tonight is where the history of our world pivots. It is true. Our modern world is busily preparing this week for a holiday it knows very little about. And full disclosure, I've participated in many aspects myself, including eating my weight and holiday treats from many of the kind parishioners here. Yes, the retail world is making profits. The delivery people are exhausted. Parents are checking things off the list frantically. And the children, well, they're the big winners, soaking it all in, learning about how this thing we call Christmas works. And you must admit... We've all prayed, please, Lord, let me turn on the radio station one time without hearing Mariah Carey sing All I Want for Christmas. It's true. For all of us here, though, this season, this holy night, it's more than that. We hold a totally and completely different paradigm in our hearts this evening. We're gathered with joy to honor the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to admit This is kind of a tough sermon to preach every year. Everyone knows this basic story. It would be easier to talk tonight about Job or Nicodemus or Hannah or Elizabeth than it is the darlingness of the Christmas story. So then how is this for the Christmas story? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end that none should perish but have everlasting life. So let's be amazed. Let's ponder. 
that gift that came to us as a baby, a baby born to a poor, obscure teenager, a baby brought into the world in the lowest of places. Let's ponder that God confined himself into a human body. Now, I bet that most of us have been at least in a barn at some point. Some of us love the smells, the hay, the feed, the sweat, the soil, the manure. Others of us stand as still as we can, smile, nod nervously when the horse pokes his head out of the stall, try to leave as soon as possible, breathing through our mouths the entire time. And of course, that is our modern day, first world barns. Jesus was born in first century Palestine, born in a working barn, placed in an animal food trough at birth. There were no sterile towels. There's not a birthing doula. There were no warm blankets or epidurals. There was probably a whole lot of dirt, animal refuge, very little lighting, and Mary and Joseph. And that was it. That is very different, isn't it, from what we usually let ourselves see or imagine or think about? Truly, Jennifer and I, Jennifer's my wife, Jennifer and I walk every night. We love to see a good manger scene in someone's yard, all pastoral and serene, you know, with the star and the shepherds and the wise men and the calf always lying down and Joseph and Mary relishing over this illuminated infant. It's a lovely thing. It makes us smile. It fills our hearts. It's sometimes easier to understand. And it's how we start to tell the tale to our youngest, right? In fact, if you were here last Sunday morning for our 9 a.m. service, you would have seen such a lovely thing. Our very own children presenting that beautiful manger scene, including more than a dozen three feet tall heavenly hosts. But it's a wonderful thing for our children to learn this way. The work of children is play. They played the story beautifully. But we grow up. And as we grow, we mature in our understanding of the whole picture. You know, in 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds us that we see through a dark glass, but at least we see through it. We know that Mary did a huge job. She did it in the worst possible circumstances. Her faith in the work God gave her to do must have wavered at some point, although I'll tell you, we never hear about it in Scripture. What we hear is that she pondered, that she treasured all that she saw and heard and experienced. Maybe that is why Mary is the only recorded person to be present at the birth of God incarnate and also to stand at the foot of the cross and witness his death, and then to be at the tomb, only to find it empty. The only person in all three events. Indeed, Mary is highly favored and blessed among men and women. My strong belief is that she was wise beyond understanding, and we can honor her by believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, just like she did. You know, in just a few short verses later in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus will suddenly be 12 years old, acting a bit how we might expect a teenager to act. And there's Mary. I wonder what it must have been like to have the perfect teenager. I'm sure most of you know, right? Don't you have perfect teenagers? 
at some point in your home? Truth be told, Jesus will become a man, a fully human, fully divine man who knows the purpose of his earthly life, a direct arc from the manger to the cross to the empty tomb. That is the arc of our faith. That is the true gift that you and I have received. Mary received that gift while she walked alongside the child, the man, her Lord that she brought into this world. You and I now experience that same gift 2,000 years later. So, my friends, know this tonight. Jesus our Christ came to us in just the right spot, at just the right time, and in just the right way. And his nativity is his very first teaching to us. But if you think about it, it's perfectly in line with every other teaching Jesus will offer as a grown-up. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And of course, love your neighbor as yourself. With this seemingly imperfect body, God tonight brings his perfect love into our lives on a scale and in a form that we can understand. So yes, the world at large may know very little about Christmas, but we know a little bit more. And it turns out that sharing the real story with the rest of humanity, well, that's up to you. That's up to me. It is our opportunity to deliver good news of great joy for all the people. That God is not a distant being. God is Emmanuel. God is with us. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. For to you is born in this day in the city of David a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And Merry Christmas. Amen.